0: Someone once told me the grass is much greener We have a lot of cool stuff planned for season three.
1: Being proud of who you are no matter what you do.
0: You definitely see the characters progress a lot more, they start growing up.
1: I think Ginger and Darren are endgame.
0: It is a masterpiece of an episode.
1: Oh, it's the cattiest moment in the history of television.
0: Trust me, everybody has been excited for our thoughts on it. Who's the girl in the pink Capri? It's Courtney, it's Courtney!
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to We're In Between, the podcast that used to discuss an episode of As Told by Ginger once a week, every week. We've now run out of episodes to discuss, so, uh, alright, I think that's a wrap, Patricia. We done here? (laughs) (laughs) We do have one final episode for you guys. It has been an amazing journey. I've learned so much about the history of Nickelodeon. I've learned so much about As Told by Ginger. And man, just talking to all of the amazing contacts that Patricia was able to find has been, like, I don't think it's dramatic to say life-changing. And so I'm going to miss this show a lot. I'm going to miss all of you guys. Come over to the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast if you want to hear more of my voice. But if you tune me out. And just listen to Patricia. Just stay followed on that YouTube channel.
0: And also if you are listening to We're In Between from the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast. Yes. I'll miss all of you guys as well. And if you're interested in checking out my stuff, you can go over to the Old School Lane YouTube channel. I have my own podcast called Casual Chat. And I've also started off um, a bi-weekly um, podcast called Pix Mix with Aaron Meta from The Aaron Meta Show. Where we discuss about every single Pixar movie leading up to The Incredibles 2.
1: Yeah, I watched your Cars 3 one. It's very entertaining.
0: And for the very last time, we're going to be reading off the comments from you guys. We're going to be reading off the comments of episodes um, 56 through episode 60. We're going to start things off with Battle of the Bands, and we have a comment from CodeBox42 who says... Yeah, this is a weak episode, even by the show's standards. This feels like a season one episode. I agree, nay for me. I was excited to see Courtney again, largely due to the fact that both Courtney, Lois, and Macy are my favorite characters. But this is basically just gave Courtney a slap in the face for no reason at all. Nothing of what Courtney did in Seasons 1 and 2 is deserving of the treatment that she gets in Season 3. I get it's the reality. Courtney is realistically getting a taste of what the other side is like, basically rejection. But with Courtney, I don't feel like this works in the context of Season 3, where at this point, Courtney's grown as a person. True, Courtney is still, well, Courtney, as being high-strung and dramatic as ever, but not to the same degree. Plus, it's not like Courtney was rudely using her phone to talk over something important people use bathrooms to use phones so they don't disturb anyone, and to be fair, Courtney does tell them to be quiet. That scene where she runs away screaming as the entire school laughs at her was very mean. Although she does provide the two, and quite frankly, only GOOD lines in the episode, one of them has passable cheekbones while the other one looks like she came out of a surgical sidewalk sale, and this is a powder room, not a cattle auction. But Ginger's behavior in this episode is basically that of a scorned woman. I'd even argue her most unlikable, even worse than sibling revelry. She's using Macy's band cause as an excuse to get back at Darren? I understand it's supposed to show a rough case in their relationship, but it amounts to is that Ginger and Darren are throwing petty grudge matches towards one another. Yes, Darren is very unlikable. I can understand in a realistic sense that his popularity and dominance has gone to his head, as is a realistic transition, but in terms of execution? Darren is a jerk who basically uses his status to bring down others, as it does bring something interesting. So Courtney is bullied for being a freshman by those two girls, Dodie in the previous episode is being told by a freshman can't give her full privilege in being a cheerleader, and Ginger is struggling in high school, but somehow Darren is respected by everyone despite being a freshman? I'm not sure if it's hypocritical or the fact that popularity excuses status. About the ending, yeah, it's a cop-out. I personally think showering the perspective or giving context would have been more interesting. Oh, and Dodie was being Dodie. Betraying Ginger simply because she doesn't want to side against the cheerleaders. And she's basically upfront about it. Especially in that scene in the bathroom where she only tries talking Ginger out of it simply because it'll embarrass her social status. We have a comment from HeartLover1717 who says, And here we see poor Courtney is assaulted. Twice, There is no investigation, no disciplinary action. And yes, Ginger's actual motivation is revenge on Darren. She even admits to the principal that she's emotionally invested. She spies on Darren and Simone. Lois can't even break Ginger's delusion. One more thing, as usual, Dodie knows everyone's name. Yes, it's like the episode of Cheers where everyone knows your name. We have a comment from the Duchess one who says, I agree with Casey here. After watching My Little Pony Equestrian Girls Rainbow Rocks, I started to take a shining to Battle of the Band's plot lines because that movie was executed so well. In my opinion, it really could have been a better episode if Ginger actually got to spend more time with the band. And this is a big stretch. Maybe Darren would have had a secret talent in playing a powerful instrument that would rival bands on their toes then ginger would actually have reason as to why she wants to get back at darren because of how he treated her and she would be satisfied with him taking down with orion her boyfriend for the time being before she broke up with him and the band himself but then ginger gradually starts to realize that that's not healthy darren is already in a relationship and has popularity points so this is his direction this is his competition. This is his life, not Ginger's. And so Ginger learns to accept that Darren has moved on, but also let him win the battle of the bands because she wants to. Uh, she wants their relationship to be amicable, not sour. Uh, that's actually really interesting. The ju- the Duchess one. Um, you know, having Darren playing a band. I mean, I guess it would be a literal battle of the bands, but. Um I guess we can kind of see where the battle of the band's title comes in in the form of oh uh the the band is being shut down because of the football players and they need to battle so they can get their um get back to their status quo so um yeah very interesting concept though. Uh we have a comment from Vam who says unfortunately I do give this one a nay as well. It was so hard for me to watch that episode without cringing at the character's dilemma toward the end. I do feel bad for season 3, as previously stated before. It was rushed, and it didn't have time to adjust and balance out the drama. But then again, high school does go through a faster pace than elementary or middle school. But I wish they explored into Darren's home life and perspective of being a popular guy whose family name has been there for many years. Maybe he gets a bit dull for being popular and repetition of seeing the same friends from the football team and his new girlfriend. This is where Darren intersects with his feelings toward Ginger again. I agree with Casey. As a former band nerd, I played the tuba, and being in the arts, football is way important than any other sport. I'm surprised that this episode is really, really outdated, since not a lot of parents approve their children to play football due to CTE in older NFL players. Hmm that's really interesting um yeah i guess casey and i we haven't been in high school in a long time so i guess given the fact that maybe um you know band or football is not as a higher priority as much anymore yeah i'm not, and this is why we always love listening to the younger people's comments because we actually do get to see a fresher perspective of how school is nowadays so thank you very much vam uh, we have a comment from Alpha Princess who says, "Greetings, Patricia and Casey. I've been viewing these as told by Ginger epi- uh, reviews from afar, and I apologize for commenting on the fir- for the first time at almost the end of the series. But regardless, I hope to provide a fair contribution here." Coming from the show's standards, Battle of the Band seems very par for the course and is very bland in its execution. What could have been a great plot to develop Ginger and Orion's relationship, especially since Orion serves to be Discount Darren at this point, is instead a grudge match between two people in petty high school antics. I expect this in a typical Nickelodeon sitcom, but not as told by Ginger, which has proven to avert tropes like these in previous episodes. Courtney is my favorite character, and to see her only role coming back to be basically a Courtney torture porn is quite frustrating to say the least. Even if you want to take into account Courtney's entire character in the show, even moments where she's a bit mean, none of that really amounts to the treatment she got in this episode, especially since she did no wrong. Um, especially since she did do wrong isn't as big as what some of the er- other characters on the show do. And as classic Courtney fashion, she she provides the best lines in the episode, and for something that's supposed to be realistic karma, it's hypocritical when Courtney addresses her harassment problem to the school who do nothing about the fact that Courtney was assaulted. That scene where she runs away crying is easily one of the meanest moments in the show. If the episode was to go into the root, I'd much rather prefer to see Darren's point of view in showcasing why he's so respected, or why his word means above everyone else. Because, like you said, the ending was a cop-out otherwise. Also, the worst scene in the episode, aside from everybody laughing at Courtney, is where Ginger, Dodie, and Macy are chatting in the bathroom, and Ginger's a giant ear. Ginger's words are, I just can't let him win, in such a way that comes off as a scorned woman. And as much as I want to be a Doty apologist to some degree, her actions in this episode are far more honest. By honest, I mean not only does she choose to betray Ginger and Macy, but she actively shows no hesitance or transparency in admitting she choosing her pep squad girls over them. Basically, showcasing her actions from the previous episode has learned nothing. By extension, I have lost all hope to defend her because of her lack of remorse. There isn't much to say of the episode as a whole. It's bland, frustrating, and doesn't do anything for the characters. A giant nay. Wow. Thank you very much for your comment, Alpha Princess. And don't worry that you have uh, made your first comment way late into the podcast. We still appreciate all of our followers, whether they comment or not. Uh, We have two more comments. We have one from the Scarlet Abyss NW who says, I know people feel really bad for Courtney. However, in this episode, I just don't really at least um uh however in this episode I don't really like at least the first part. Um Courtney is extremely rude and forgets that she's in high school now. She's not at the top of the food chain. I mean, she calls her cheerleaders cows basically. Not exactly the smartest or nicest thing to do. What was she expecting? (laughs) Yeah, you have a point there, the Scarlet Abyss. I guess she thought that, oh, maybe the grippling legacy can be able to continue on with high school, but I guess she was proven very wrong in that aspect. And finally, last but certainly not least, for uh, for our comments for this episode, we have Evan Knave who says... Hello, Casey and Patricia. Thank you for taking the time to review this episode. Although I I do agree with you that this episode is sort of irrelevant in the series, I would have to give it a meh. Mm, Only because they tied their A, B, and C plots perfectly. What was the most frustrating thing about this episode was the fact that Dodie didn't even side with her friends. All she cared about was their popularity figures. Dodie, will you ever learn? Anyways, another thing that frustrated me was Darren's attitude. He was acting like a cocky egomaniac when it was obvious that Ginger was doing all of this just to get back at him for hurting her. If I was Darren, I would have backed off to let her cope and release all of her anger. When it comes to Ginger, I was really disappointed with her behavior. She didn't really care about helping Macy whatsoever. She just cared about getting back at Darren for hurting her, and I completely understand. We've all been in situations where we've had our hearts broken. What I don't understand is that why would Ginger and Darren didn't have closure? They should have talked things out and released all their emotions at the table. The the way that all this hate and rivalry that perspective towards the final TV movie could have been avoided. Ginger could have told Darren about the band situation on a calm matter, and maybe Darren could have found a way to help Macy. This whole rivalry was an irrelevant mess. The Carl and Hussie plot was average at best, but I did find the Courtney plot pretty interesting. It was interesting to see a girl who was at the top of the popularity charts, have everything she could ever dream of, and was as confident as ever to lose all of it in high school. Barely anyone at Lucky High knows who she is. Her relationship with Miranda and all the other popular girls diminishes, and she's very lonely. Something big is about to happen in the final TV movie that'll change her life, but I'm not gonna spoil it. I'm not gonna lie, I do feel really bad for Courtney. Getting thrown in the trash, scared to go to the girls' bathroom, and getting humiliating after exiting the porta potty on the football field must have broken her confidence anyway thank you again for reviewing this episode i hope you take the time to read my comment of your end of the month podcast thanks a ton and i can't wait for your review on 10 shares thank you once again evan really do appreciate it let's go over to our comments on the thanksgiving episode 10 shares uh we have a comment from cameron biggs who says i give this episode a yay as well despite ginger's plan being uncomfortable and awkward it doesn't stop her from being hilariously awkward also i found a lot of touching moments such as carl finally putting his grudge on his father's side um, Jonas's speech on how he regrets not being a part of his son's life and just the decision that he had to make was best for him and Lois. There were a lot of funny moments, like some of Lois' lines revolving around the mother-in-law, and that freaking turkey bit the mother's ear off. It looks terrifying and psychotic as the real thing. This feels like a moment from season one, which makes sense since it's the second-to-last episode, and I can't wait, Since especially since this is going to include... Mods goes from the second season. It sounds like it's going to get crazy. Uh, We have a comment from uh, Freedoo, who says, Whoa, I can't believe this amazing podcast is almost over. My own experience with this told by Ginger are very little. I remember watching the show when I was little, but my memories are very limited. The show was dubbed in Finnish. Uh, the finished title of the show translates to Ginger's Diary. And according by another Finn, only the first season was shown and nothing else. I plan on watching As Told by Ginger one day. You might be wondering, why would I listen to a podcast with huge spoilers and then plan to watch the show? Let's just say that I'm odd that way. Wow. And here we are complaining about that they never showed the last, uh, six episodes of As Told by Ginger in the US, but knowing that in Finland you only got the first season? Wow. (laughs) You you know what? I take back all of my complaining. So for all of you in Finland, I'm sorry that you only got season one. I'm hoping that you do get to catch up on the show whenever that you have the time, Free to. and thank you so much for your comments. Really do appreciate it. Let's see. Uh we have a comment from Esmeralda to Diamond who says, I feel really bad for the turkey. Poor animal. Yes. Hashtag um Hashtag poor animal, and I, anyways, I enjoy the reviews. The episode was okay, I guess. I like Ginger's relationship with her dad. The episode, although um, um the episode, although uh, the uh, the episode, although um, off something, um, throughout the series, we never. Uh, throughout the series, you never get to see more in-depth on how Ginger was really feeling about Dr. Dave coming in as a family member. I mean, they hardly interact with one another, and I think it would have been a lot more interesting if it did. Oh, um, yeah, that's actually a really good point there, Esmeralda 2 Diamond. Maybe um, if the show had more time, I would have liked to have seen an episode with Ginger and Dr. Dave. You bring up a really good point. Uh, thank you very much, PocketBook, for giving us a list of all of, um, you know, all the moments that characters in Nicktoons bleed. Um, we have examples with uh, Doug, Jimmy Neutron, The Loud House, and Rocco's Modern Life. Um, you're probably missing a couple. Well, I'm sure there there are a couple that are missing. So, if anybody does have a a distinct, um, you know, list, then please let us know in the chat room. And uh, also speaking of which, uh, PocketBook also gave us a list. Of um, all the us told by Ginger episodes that involve with animals, we have of Lice and Friends, where Carl tries to catch um Carl tries to start a lice a life circus. Hello Stranger, where Carl tries to make a pet for today. Uh, Cry Wolf, where he pretends to be Wolf Boy. Peace of My Heart, where Carl and Hoodsy tries to help a cow. Somewhere of Camp Caprice, where they try to catch the dog napper. Never Can Say Goodbye, where they help Brandon find Mister Licorice. The Nurses Strike, where uh, Carl and trained train the duchess. Sibling Revelry, where they help all the whales in the ocean. Lunatic Lake, where they're chased up by the skunk. Family Therapy, where he tries to mask his fear of the naked mole rat. Family Therapy, where he... Oh, wait, Driven to Extremes, where Carl and Hoodsey train Mr. Licorice for the pet show. Fair to Cloudy, where they go see the two-headed horse. And Ten Shares, where they buy a turkey and decide to go being vegans. Uh very good. Uh you just missed one though, and that would be uh next question where Carl and Hoodsey want to free off the the um the groundhogs so that they can be able to use it so to um so they can be able to sell their scarves and make a profit out of. But you were really close. So uh congratulations pocketbook. I'll give you an A-. Let's go over to episodes 58 through 60, which was the final episode of the series, The Wedding Frame. And thank you guys so much for all of your amazing comments on that one, especially since we had um, Melissa, Aspen, Jackie, Ken, Liz, and Eric joining us for that um, discussion. So uh, it was still so much fun, and we are so thankful that we were able to get them as guests uh we have a comment from Treyarch Zombie 7 um, who says this episode is a super yay this is a well done episode ginger was telling the audience about her stories listen you guys this show is too this show is good for the people who can get picked on or get bullied this is this show is a whole this show as a whole is a yay can you guys review another Nicktoon chalk zone uh, <laughs> well uh, thank you for your comment Treyarch zombie 7 and as of our next um, you know podcast Podcast uh, you know, series recap. We have no idea what we're gonna do one on. It's probably not gonna be for a long time, but I'm sure that whatever we choose, it'll be a fun one. We have a comment from that Miss Quinn who says, Thank you all for this podcast. My relationship to this show is very similar to Patricia. It has been a joy hearing from people involved with the show. I'm so happy they love the show, too. And also, she was asking about if I would do one of Braceface, and I did mention that I can't because I'm super busy. But thank you, nonetheless, for the offer, and uh, thank you for your comments, Matt. That Miss Quinn, we loved reading them. Uh, we have a comment from CoreCore Core who says... Oh, man, so glad this has happened. I'm sad that it's almost over, but I love the ride. It's great sharing the same love and passion for the show. My only disappointment is not seeing more of G- of Courtney's after story with her going broke. I do agree that it's helped her grow into more of her own. I hope that she made it out okay and that she still has a friendship with Ginger. Well, um, as you've uh, listened in our uh, interview with Emily, then it could be a possibility that she might. So I'm sure that things will end in a happy note. We have a comment from Robert Santoli, who says, This is amazing that you got all these people together. You should see if you can organize some kind of As Told by Ginger panel for a con. It would be a hit. I went to a con panel featuring Grey Delisle and Cree Summer, and there was a brief talk about... How great the show was for them to work on. <laughs> well, hopefully in the future, if 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 it's not me, then I'm sure somebody else. That that would be a fantastic idea if we can get like a us told by Ginger panel or a reunion somewhere. So yeah, uh, that would be fantastic, Robert. We have a comment from No Parking Barry who says, if I were to rank all of the episodes of We're In Between, bonus podcast excluded. This would be in my top three. Patricia, I'm still really impressed and grateful for all the effort that you put into making the podcast, being such a delightful haven for us told by Ginger fans, further proving yourself to be the qu- quintessential aficionado of the show on the internet. Well, thank you so much. No parking Barry. Thank you for reuniting five of the original voice actors plus Eric Casimiro, and I thank them for the stories they shared on what they did during and after working on the show. I absolutely agree that a physical reunion is a much for a smaller Comic-Con. Let us continue supporting the show for Nickelodeon to do something in the terms of merchandise. Not only is a complete set on DVD needed, but little things like Funko Pops to go along with the classic Nicktoons going under a resurgence in popularity ever since Nick Splat started. Finally, if the demand ends up in the highest point possible, we can see a continuation of Ginger story either animated or as a comic. Um... Uh, oh, in case if I didn't start this before, I chose the right time to become a Ginger fanatic, but it was a huge thanks to you and your ass Told by ginger month in 2015 and why the show has slowly risen from the pit of obscurity. It is simply amazing. Uh, thank you once again, No Parking Barry. Oh, you want my thoughts on the finale. <laughs> okay. Even with the plot feeling a little bit crowded with all the stuff going on, what we ended up is simply a great finish to the series regardless. Although I'm more in for a revival to answer more questions, if we stick to the wedding frame until the end of Nick's time on Earth, it would be no sweat. Lois's talk with Ginger about not living perfect lives as well as that final set scene set in the future were both sweet to watch. Even though I still felt a little bad for Chet going all the way with Dodie to the point of having a child with her. Just imagine what those nine months were like for the couple. Oh, God. <laughs> Thank you for putting that in my mind, DJ. Oh, my God. As for the gripplings, yeah. It really sucks what happened to poor Courtney. It seemed as though there was no hope for her. Ha ha, get it? Oh, God. <laughs> the puns are, are everywhere. But on the bright side, it's agreed to, um, yeah. But on the bright side, I agree it's amusing to see her and Ginger switch positions in terms of financial status. I could say more, but I could but I gotta get going. Can't wait for the icing on the cake, that is the Emily Kapnick interview. Once again, thank you. Uh, Okay, we have a comment from Nathan Spradlin, who says, This was a beautiful finale to not only the podcast, but to the series itself. I really liked how Jackie was shipping Macy and Courtney, not only on her own bonus podcast, but in the final one as well. I wanted to put away childish things like watching cartoons, so I never realized that in October 2000 that, as told by Ginger, even existed. But I think if I were a fan of the series, I would have been pissed off that the episodes that never aired on TV until a few years ago. To own, to only see the series finale on DVD and even the even two that were never aired in the US i want to thank you for Patricia for discussing a nicktoon that people have such love and appreciation at ha- making one of the few that have not who have not seen the show including the aired episodes on Nicksplat and want to own a complete series of the show come on if the secret world of alex mag and hey arnold can have their complete series on DVD why not as told by ginger we finally got the jungle movie and i think that fans should ask for a reboot of the show as well thank you for this chat and the content that you create I hope that you're able to make more comment in the future um, PS thank you for reading my comments I got a real kick out of actually hearing my words on your podcast especially my comment on butterflies are free. You're very welcome Nathan and thank you for always posting comments I really do appreciate it. Uh, we have a comment from Jason. Who says, I am still shocked that this podcast exists. Growing up, I was such a huge, as told by Ginger fan, and could never find another fan. That's why I appreciate the discussion on this podcast so much, combined with the interviews I've never expected to hear. This podcast gave me such a great insight and stories on a show that is severely underrated. Thinking back on watching the show for the first time, I love the stories, characters, and genuineness it presented each episode with. Thanks again to Casey, Patricia, and Ashley for giving us. This entertaining podcast to discuss a great Nick Tomb. P.S. Is there any way to see scripts of the show that would be incredible? Uh, thank you very much for your comment, Jason. That was really sweet. And no, I do not have any of the scripts from the show. I wish I did, but I don't. Uh, we have a comment from Crazy Cat Lady who says, I just got the as told by ginger complete DVD series for my birthday from my husband, and I can't wait to watch the episodes. That the characters' voiceovers knew about the R.I.P. as told by ginger on the cemetery tombstone that they drove by to their new house. Um, no, I do not know. And um as for the DVD set you most likely got, it was probably from a third company who probably just like uploaded some of the episodes from another source and then put it there i don't believe that nickelodeon has officially released a set but um i'm glad that you do have a set on dvd and i hope that you enjoy watching it Okay, we have a comment from Jasmine the Dreamer, who says, I do love this third season. I can't get over the treatment of Courtney. But I don't mind that her family but I don't mean that her family lost all the money. That was a great idea. Let me explain. She used to be one of the central characters and had proven very often that she is Ginger's most loyal and honest friend. And then we get almost nothing of her in high school besides a few appearances, which felt like cameos playing for laughs. We only get the information that seems to have gone from most popular kid to kid, uh, kid to kid to victim of bullying, but we don't get a full character arc and plot to understand what why that happened. Where is the group of popular kids? Where is Miranda? Is she still friends with them? We've seen her a few times with Ginger and the gang, and it seemed like she had become at least to lose a member of the group, but we literally never see them together in high school. I don't understand why such an important character would suddenly be making an appearance to be humiliated. No characterization, no arc, and an unfair treatment. This is why I hated how the plot ended. Not because I find the idea bad, but because there was literally no character development for a long time and then suddenly this happened. What the hell? How am, I supposed to even be, how am I supposed to be invested in a dramatic event when Courtney has been shoved into the role of being the, cl- the clumsy, stupid sidekick? That's the only thing I really hate about as told by Ginger. But don't get me wrong, I still love season 3. This just made me a little upset. Yes, I I do agree, Jasmine. It would have been really nice if we would have gotten a little bit more development with Courtney's character, but maybe because they were running out of time and they really wanted to finish off the story of Ginger, I guess that's what happens, you know? Sacrifice one character to build up another one. Um... We have a comment from Kevin K., who says, Very good review of a great series. Glad to have the cast come back, too. Wonderful stuff. The thing I wanted to talk about this episode pertains to Jonas. While I thought of him as a pathetic character, I may have to applaud him for being cool with the doctor. If I were in his shoes, I would not be combative, but I wouldn't have not been nice either. If I were a divorced dad with a daughter and son and my ex-wife wanted me to attend her wedding, I would say no. I wouldn't try to stop it, but I would refuse to be in attendance or give any gift. It would be too soul-crushing for me. Yet he was graceful about the whole thing. It was a touching kind of redemption. I can't help but wonder if what if Ginger stayed with Orion? What if Courtney and Macy got together? What if the what if Ginger's parents got back together? What if Carlin Hoodsy made a sustainable business? Or if Courtney confessed her more than just a friendship love to Ginger. Quite possibly the last of the great Nicktoons. And finally, last but certainly not least, we'll be reading off the comments from the pilot episode, The Party. We have a comment from Joshua Moore, who says, Ginger in the pilot does look a bit like her mom, but I say she looks like Dee Dee and Chucky if they got morphed together and if the glasses were removed from her. <laughs> I guess, yeah, you, you could say that because, you know, the Klasky Chupo style. Um, we have a comment from Joyce's 545 who says, To be quite honest, I never was really consciously aware of Darren's squeaky headgear until it was pointed out in that other video on the pilot that Patricia did. And even now, it doesn't bother me very much. That's perfectly fine. As somebody who has Asperger's syndrome, I'm very sensitive to, like, loud squeaky noises or loud um, beeping noises. So I am very sensitive to sound, and I just found the squeaking to be really annoying. But if you don't, then that's perfectly fine. Uh, We have a comment from since 2000 who says, This episode, the pilot is a meh if I were to rate it. The animation and writing were okay, and I know it's unfair to rate it against the other episodes. I'm so happy that they decided to greenlight it because I couldn't imagine my childhood without As Told by Ginger. Thank you so much for this podcast. I hope, I really hope they bring the show back because I truly believe that you have made the fans, cast, and crew so proud that people love and enjoy the show. My favorite characters are Carl, Hoodsy, Ginger, and Courtney. What other show would you reveal next? Please shout me out. Okay, then, Fowie fans, since 2000, here's your shout out And as for what show we'll review next, I don't know. So yeah, I think that's pretty much it uh, in terms of the comments. So everybody, I gotta say thank you so much for all of your amazing comments. We are really, really appreciative that you guys took the time and told us all of your amazing stories and feedback on the the episodes and how much did it meant to you personally and just from a story perspective. So, yeah, that's it. And we cannot thank you enough for all of your amazing support and following us throughout this past year. Or if you just joined us recently, thank you so much. Uh, With that out of the way, let's enjoy the rest of the podcast. So, yeah, I guess now we can go over Season 3. What were our thoughts on the final season of As Told by Ginger? So, right before we do that, I think it's fair to say that we should do a split on this particular season. For a lot of people, they see season three in two parts. Like, they see it with, you know, um, middle school and then leading up to high school. So we'll start off with season 3A, uh, starting off with Far From Home or Foutley's On Ice and then ending it with um, Butterflies Are Free or No Turning Back. So yeah, what were your thoughts on the first half of season three?
1: So here's the thing. I enjoyed both halves of this season almost equally. And this is going to sound pretty weird, but the first half of the season I thought had worse episodes, but a better overall sort of concept in terms of where it was in the show. The second half of season three, I feel like had better episodes in terms of how they were written, animated, all of that. But it felt out of step with the rest of the show. So I had issues and good things about both halves. So if we're talking about the first half, uh, a lo- there's a lot of good stuff in here, and it's a lot of it's very familiar and comforting. It's like, these are the characters we know, change is coming, but they're sort of clinging to their last bits of elementary school for Carl and Hoodsey and middle school for our main characters. So that's sort of where I'm coming from with this first half that i was waiting for more to happen and then eventually more did happen
0: yeah i would say that with me the first half of season three it started off so good far from home is one of the best episodes in my opinion of the entire series and it's one of the best episodes of season three and you're thinking that oh this is a huge this is a huge step up from the previous two seasons it was able to build up everything From the first two seasons, like Noelle and Carl's relationship, uh, Ginger and Darren's relationship, Ginger's writing when she was able to submit the poem from And She Was Gone into the contest, Um, Miranda and Mipsy's scheming elevated so far up into something incredibly conniving, Um, it just built up something so strong. But then it completely fell apart with Wicked Game.
1: Yeah, that's a fair assessment of the trajectory of it. And I, too, loved the first episode. And I don't know, the, the whole third season felt very stop and touch and go. We would get, like, a gem of an episode and then, then was just kind of like, huh, I see what they were doing, but it didn't quite do everything that I think they wanted it to. And then we'd have an amazing episode the next week again, you know?
0: Yeah, I think that with... um Now, here's the thing. We don't know for sure about... I mean, we did talk about multiple times about how... Um, Nickelodeon and Klasky Chupo, their relationship was starting to diminish at this point because, um, you know, Klasky Chupo's, uh, reputation of being the definitive, um, uh, company to deliver some of their best quality Nicktoons was just starting to wane off, and... I guess maybe because of a combination of that or maybe it was due to the fact that they wanted to change direction with the characters and the setting and the stories that it just felt incredibly rushed and it should have been um, build up a little bit better. Like, you have, you know, the balance of being dramatic and funny, but then all of a sudden it just goes into a complete halt, becoming really, really dramatic. Like, even uh. the Carlin and Hoodsy plots were uh, dramatic at points.
1: You're right. Yeah, the stakes just got a lot higher in general, which does happen as you get older, but it was like all of a sudden everything was of such life and death importance.
0: Yeah. So, I would say that yeah, uh yeah, the the first half of season 3, it starts off great and then it just crashed and burned and then it was slowly building up. Like um, You know, Wicked Game and the Easter Ham kind of just staggered, but then episodes such as About Face, in which it was what we were talking about, it was the best Doty centric episode in the entire series, but then yeah. that pretty much just went nowhere, and then Butterflies Are Free, which was um, the girls saying goodbye to their middle school life and entering into high school, and, you know, also with Carlin Hoodsey saying goodbye to elementary school and saying hello to middle school.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: So yeah, I would say that uh, yeah Season 3 started off a little bit rough. It started great, and then crashed and burned, and then it was slowly picking itself up, leading to somewhere that it could be somewhat decent again, just as high, um, if not slightly higher than when it was first starting. But then we go over to the second half of Season 3, starting off from um, Heat Lightning ending up with the final episode, The Wedding Frame. And um, yeah, this is the high school years and yeah, the stakes are a lot more stakier. There's betrayal, cheating, Ginger almost dies from appendicitis, um, characters getting themselves into trouble and um, a lot of, um, you know, um, there's controversies, there's Um, there's plans of, um, you know, the plans of Mrs. Dave, um, breaking up with Dr. Dave and Lois by hiring, uh, Nikki Laporte to portray as Diane, Dr. Dave's old girlfriend, and it just gets really complicated.
1: It does, yeah, yeah. It seems like with each episode, the stakes and the, like, plot becomes more and more developed and interesting.
0: Yeah, but interesting as a concept, yes, but not all the times it was pulled off very well. I completely agree. Like, for example, um, we talked about Battle of the Bands, and we thought that, oh, wouldn't this be a great episode if Ginger and Orion were to perform in a band with other stu- uh, with another school? But that never happened. It was just a rehash of Sibling Revelry. And also, um, you know, there was a lot of... Um, Um, you know, questions that needed answering. Like, how did Ginger and Orion start the band? And how did Ginger, Dodie, and Macy make up with their argument on Wicked Game? So, yeah, there are a lot of questions that are never answered, but then there are some nice little touches. Like, for example, um, you know, beginning off with, um, you know, beginning off with episodes such as Stuff Will Kill Ya and Detention, and then with... Um, a, a lesson in tight ropes and Jody's big break. There were episodes that continued off from the last one, so it felt like it was a, a two-parter in a way. Yeah, yeah, it was. And another thing that we were discussing about was how the characters' looks were different, and how, um, you know, it was a great way to showcase on how much these characters have grown. But at the same time. Um, it's, you know, because the characters were aging up and they were going over to a different setting, um, it brought in a lot more tension. It brought in a lot more drama that um, a lot of people just really weren't expecting. Uh, some of the characters weren't treated very well. I mean, we can talk all day about how Courtney got the shaft.
1: Right, and how we relied less and less on Hoodsy as Carl sort of found his own voice separate from his best friend, which I think was a great move, even though I adore Hoodsy.
0: Yeah, that is true. So um, another thing that I want to talk about is how um, I'm really glad that Carl and Hoodsy wanted to mature as car- as um, as teenagers. When they went over to middle school, they decided to somewhat put their old schemes behind them. Because in the in the first two seasons, we saw about how they wanted to think about what other scheme they want to think of when making money or gaining a reputation. They were into their old schemes again, but for the most part, they've definitely mellowed out a bit.
1: That's true, and that was good for them as well as us, because how many more times did we need to see some sort of animal-related prank with Carl and Hoodsey, or any prank for that matter?
0: Yeah, it's true. I mean, I would think, in my opinion, season two was the best when it came to the Carl and Hoodsey plots.
1: Agreed. Yep.
0: What, final words. So the ser- the series finale, the the final shot in which we actually do see the characters as adults. Um, it's not explained about what the characters are up to, but we do see what they look like, and we see that Ginger is now a writer and she's uh, reading off her her book in front of a um, um in like a book reading session, and she's married to Darren and they have a kid together, and um, Dodie and Chet are married and they have a kid together. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of questions, but at the same time, it does leave on a very satisfying note. What are your thoughts on it?
1: So I think given the circumstances of, like, how Nick treated this show at the end of its life, and given the fact that they just didn't have the time, and by time I mean number of episodes, that I'm sure they wanted to wrap up the story. I think The Wedding Frame did a beautiful job of bringing everything to a head, and it gets ridiculous and it gets very intense, uh, but I loved it. Again, my only issues with it aren't show creators' faults, it's that I wish we had gotten to some of the conclusions more gradually and made things feel less... uh, And I have, without spoiling, I have similar issues with Game of Thrones right now as we get towards the finale. It's like they just didn't necessarily budget the time very well per episode, and suddenly we're rushing and rushing and rushing to the end. I felt a little similar with As Told by Ginger about that. Probably the only comparison you can make between As Told by Ginger and Game of Thrones. But I loved it. I thought it it wrapped it up really well, and I especially loved our discussion with all of the actors and Eric Casimiro that was really special
0: yeah we've been uh, for for those who are wondering we've been planning on that since July
1: (laughs) yep it's been a long time coming and it was even better than I would have imagined and I had high hopes
0: so final words um out of the three seasons of As Told by Ginger most people say that season three is their least favorite and I can understand why me too And to be quite honest, it is true that um, there's a lot of things that it doesn't succeed well compared to the other two, but um, considering the circumstances that Nickelodeon and Klaski Chupo were going through, I can somewhat forgive it. So yeah, um, now we can go over our top five favorite episodes of season three. Why don't we actually take turns on discussing about our favorite episodes, like you number five, me number five, so on and so forth. That sounds great. All right, so why don't you start us off?
1: I feel like kind of a polarizing one, but my number five is Heat Lightning. I loved the return to Camp Caprice. It was fresh and interesting, and it basically told us, you're in, you know, we're in a new era and we're getting towards the end. And I don't know, like, we've talked about the Sasha element and how, like, I felt like that could have been done better or maybe didn't need to happen at all, but... Ginger learning about who she needs to be as a person at that age, at a time when you learn so many things like that, was really remarkably done, especially her comments about how she didn't miss Sasha. She missed the way she felt about him originally. That episode really connected with me. Uh, it's a, There's a lot about female friendship in it, which I love that this show does. Overall, I thought it was a fantastic episode.
0: Uh, yeah, I definitely do agree. Uh, I think that it was able to pull off what Summer of Camp Caprice didn't, in which it built up Summer of Camp Caprice into something that was enjoyable to go to as opposed to something incredibly dramatic and just plain annoying. I I was not interested in Courtney's stuff, uh, you know, being miserable over there and um, uh, you know, the fact that, um, you know, Ginger and uh, Sasha were having this argument about Ginger wanting to date Sasha, and that in reality she wanted to date popular boys, which was a lie, so yeah. Uh, I felt that Heat Lightning was able to build up on the, um, the, you know, the camp itself, and the progression of from, you know, Ginger, Doty Macy, and Courtney being campers from season one to camp counselors in season three. While I wish that Sasha wasn't in this episode, um there are a lot of good things that i that shouldn't be overlooked. Uh so my number 5 is going to be a lesson in tight ropes. I know that this is the most dramatic episode in the entire series, but I really love the high stakes that was put into this episode with Ginger going through appendicitis and um, you know, Ginger and Darren's relationship being officially over, and the struggles of Darren wanting to have his relationship with Simone, but at the same time, he should see Ginger in the hospital, but the thing that really stuck up to, uh, stuck out to me was Carl's plot, Carl's plot was amazing, with Carl... Um, wanting to, um, Carl wanting to be closer to Dr. Dave and not seeing Jonas as, like, a father figure in his life, and that really, in my opinion, changed Carl's, um, you know personality and his role in the show i uh you know throughout the show he was always like that immature kid who was always doing schemes and he was always doing um tricks upon everybody but when you see how he really feels especially since we haven't seen that since an even steven holiday special it really matures and uh um it really matures carl's character
1: yeah that's a good choice uh I will admit, is not on my list, but definitely gets an honorable mention. My number four is Ten Chairs. Uh, Ashley and I covered this one on our Thanksgiving episode of the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast, and I liked it then. I love it now, knowing the context and everything. It gets—I just love how it doesn't hold back in terms of Carl's relationship with his dad, the forgiveness that enters into, like, Carl's perspective by the end of the episode. The way that uh, his dad— handles everything and with Dr. Dave is great. Uh, It's just a great sort of second to last episode because it puts almost all of the main characters at the table, literally. Uh, Not everybody, but we get to see the family and extensions of the family. Just a great episode. And I believe it did air around Thanksgiving?
0: Yes, it did. It aired in Thanksgiving 2006 on the Nicktoons Network.
1: That's right. So uh, I love that element of it as well.
0: Yeah, uh, that episode is also fantastic as well. It's not on my list, but I will give it as an honorable mention. It's one of the very few Thanksgiving specials that Nickelodeon has ever aired. There's not a lot of it compared to Christmas and Halloween. And I do state that this is hands down one of the best um, Nickelodeon Thanksgiving specials ever. Second only to Arnold's Thanksgiving from Hey Arnold. Um, It's a really great way to bring the families together. We get to see something incredibly uh, dramatic, which is understanding considering that it's about family and it's these two families clashing together. We have Dr. Dave and his mom. We have Jonas coming into the picture. We have the bishops and it creates a lot of tension and it's understandable. And of course, we have Carlin Hussey trying to save a turkey, which would be the last time that they would be, you know, helping out an animal. But it backfires. It's a wild turkey, and it ends up with it stealing, uh, swallowing the petrified eyeball. And um, you know, it it plays off to that stereotypical cliche route of we want to be vegans and we want to celebrate Thanksgiving in the honest way, and then. We have this more dramatic thing of Carl and Jonas because Carl does not see Jonas as a father figure but then when he sees Jonas in a new light, he actually starts warming up to him which is actually fantastic because we know how Carl can be cold to his dad. And then it brings a wonderful lesson about how Thanksgiving may not always be perfect but as long as you have family around, then... It's the best, th- and then it, it, it makes up for it, which I thought was fantastic. Agreed. So my number four is going to be "Stuff'll Kill Ya." Um, I know that this uh, this was one of um, this is one of two episodes that aired on the Nicktoons Network. The second one being Ten Chairs," and. Um, yes, I do think that the whole mean spiritedness of the teacher is valid on why some people may not care for this episode, but I think the lesson that um, addiction can be very dangerous, especially if um, it's over it- especially if it overtakes your life is really strong it 's a subject that isn 't discussed about in various uh, cartoons um, unless they want to do like a metaphor similar to like Hey Arnold with um, Miriam drinking smoothies or Chocolate Boy eating chocolate but no this is actually a thing in which Ginger is drinking the Mocha Loco Frothinator which is an espresso that gets her buzz and trying to keep up with schoolwork and she's trying to um, impress her new teachers but it's not working and Carl's um, fear of thinking that he's going to die in 48 hours. Um, It does give another sense, uh, it gives another um, showcase of Carl's personality that we haven't seen really that much before. But it does work out in the end, especially with Lois. Lois was definitely one of the highlights of that episode, helping Ginger out with her coffee addiction and going over to uh, Lucky Junior High, uh, approaching Principal Milty and Mr. Briggs, uh, talking about all those lies um, that they told Carl.
1: Yeah, a great episode selection, and I agree that it really showcases Lois in an awesome way. Uh, Also not on my list. There were a lot of great episodes to pick from with this season. So my number three is Butterflies Are Free. It expedites the change that the summer from middle school into high school uh, sort of forces you into, and it covers it in one TV movie, and it does so, so well. It's like they're dealing with middle school and high school problems at the same time because they're in that transition. And uh, I thought it was one of the most beautiful pieces of the whole show.
0: Agreed. I do absolutely love this episode as well. Uh, I, I I also love the fact that uh, similar to... Um, it, it just feels great to watch this episode and knowing um, full well about the, the last two seasons, about the characters progressing from where they started off into that point in time, about how much they've changed uh, throughout the course of the show, and then finally taking their first step towards... Adulthood as they consider it to be was a great transition and uh, I love Lois's advice. I love Jonas's advice and um, The speech that ginger gives in the end is absolutely wonderful
1: Yeah, the speech is the highlight for me.
0: Yeah, uh, my number three is going to be um, the second TV movie, Far From Home or Foutly's on Ice. Uh, I really do feel um, really strong. I-, I love the fact that it's able to culminate everything that we've known about from the last two seasons and put it together into one. Uh, we do have Carlin Noel's relationship. We have Miranda and Mipsy doing a huge scheme to get rid of Ginger once and for all. We have Ginger. Breaking out into a different place. We have um We have her going over to Avalanche Arts Academy, which is a refreshing change of pace uh, We've already seen sheltered shrubs and protective pines enough to know everything about it But so it's nice to see a different setting. We meet up with different characters um, We have Darren confessing his love to ginger we have Carl and Noel getting closer together, there's a lot of tension, there's a lot of laughs, there's a lot of genuinely sweet moments, and it's just a fantastic episode all around. Definitely a great kickstart to Season 3. I wish the quality of it would have continued on throughout Season 3.
1: Yep, we've had similar dialogues before in discussions of this episode, but uh, another strong choice. I think you can't really go wrong unless you have wicked game number 1 for some reason but i doubt you do <laughs> all right well my number 2 is the wedding frame and i couldn't decide if i was giving it too much importance for being the finale or if it really if i really do love it on its own but i thought it concluded the show very well and we talked about that earlier so i don't have a ton more to say
0: uh, same here. Uh, my number two is also going to be The Wedding Frame. Oh, look at that. Yeah. my uh, It's a fantastic episode, a great way to end the series because, um, you know, there are some Nicktoons or Nickelodeon shows out there or even shows in general that have you know confusing or disappointing endings but no the ending on this is just as good as i wanted it to be there's a lot of twists and turns there's a lot of um there's there's a lot of callbacks to previous episodes and moments it's amazing it's fascinating and it's all around wonderful and i want to give once again a big a big thank you to all the actors and eric casimiro for joining us on that discussion it was absolutely wonderful
1: Yeah, yeah, my endless thanks to those folks as well, and for the time they've given us over the last year. It's really incredible. Alright, my number one, and now I'm starting to second-guess myself, I don't even remember what ranking I gave this, I hope I gave it a yay, and I'm pretty sure I did, but my number one episode uh, was Kiss Today Goodbye, and that's probably a wild card, and that's probably kind of strange, but... I have been waiting for a moment from Dodie to make me like her, maybe because I I think Aspen is great. And I think the character is interesting that I'm like, I just want to see Dodie pull through. And I think the twist at the end of the episode that she's really writing this, you know, narrative letter to Darren is incredible. uh, When we think that it's, to Ginger the whole time uh Dodie just steps in and does something good for Ginger for once and I found that twist to be the most interesting thing that I think they do in all of As Told by Ginger.
0: Wow even more so than who Nikki Laporte ended up being?
1: (laughs) Okay very fair (laughs) maybe I'd put them tied
0: Uh, yeah, that, that's actually a really um, fascinating episode as well. It's definitely a really refreshing change of pace because Ginger's always the one narrating and she's always the one telling the story of what's going on in her life. So it's nice to see Dodie Um, telling about what she's going through. She wants to be in the pep squad. She doesn't want to tell Ginger that Darren is seeing Simone. And so she wants to write this letter to tell Darren to um, break up with Ginger, which, you know, I did have my issues on that, but the more I think about it, the more that I understand that, um, I guess Dodie didn't want to be caught in the middle, and so she decided to let let the two of them um, figure out their own problems. But yeah i think it was a very fascinating episode absolutely um my number one is going to be uh butterflies are free nice now, yeah now a lot of people may know this already if they listen to "We're in between or if they seen my top 15 as told by ginger's episodes list but i'll just say it right now this is my favorite episode in the entire series
1: wow and there's so many good ones but it's a it's a very valid choice
0: yeah, the the reason why I love this episode so much is because it came out at the right time for me. It came out in um June 2004. I had already graduated from high school and was moving over to college. I was going through the exact same things that Ginger was going through. I was scared about you know what my classes are going to be like. I was scared about the people I was going to be meeting up with. Um, I was scared about my new setting. So I felt exactly what Ginger was feeling. And I just love um, Carlin Hoodsey's plot with trying to bury the petrified eyeball and all of their items in the time capsule and trying to move over towards adulthood um i love um the fact that lois gets a little arc of her own with trying to lose weight for the wedding i love the, the the i love the advice that jonas gives to ginger about um it's okay to let go so that you can be able to grow up as a person and that speech i love that speech so much it is the highlight of that episode for me
1: it's an incredible speech and it could have ended the show i think
0: Yeah, absolutely. There were, uh, I mean, if you remember from a while back, a lot of people thought that that was the last episode of the series. And if that was going to be the case, I would have not complained a bit. I would have been completely satisfied.
1: Totally. Because it wraps up the first two and a half seasons so well of middle school.
0: Yes. So um, right before we discuss about some other stuff, uh, do you have any episodes that you'd like to give some honorable mentions to besides the one that you stated earlier?
1: Well, I will say all of the ones that you mentioned that I didn't, there were, what, two or three? All of those were just right off my list, and it, this is also arbitrary, guys. Like, my list very well could be different in a week depending on how they sit with me, and when I think about the whole show, my mind kind of gets boggled. It just gets so hard to piece them all together. So, uh, there aren't many episodes that I hate of As Told by Ginger, Um, And I'm far more lenient to the show than I think most other fans are, where I give them the benefit of the doubt a lot. But I think uh, most of the time they nail it.
0: Yes, absolutely. So with that out of the way, um, let's talk about some other aspects of um, As Told by Ginger right before we move on to the conclusion. Let's discuss about who our top three favorite characters are.
1: So ready. I'm so ready for this.
0: Yes, they could be either major characters, minor characters, additional characters, whatever.
1: All right. You want to start us off then? Because I started the last one?
0: Sure. Um, let me see. My number three. Oh, man, this is really tough. Uh, it, it, it was really tough to choose what my favorite characters of this of this show were. But I'm going to say my number three favorite character is Macy. I absolutely uh. adore Macy. She's fantastic. Sure, she may play off as the stereotypical, you know, nerdy girl with, um, you know, a nasal infection and with glasses similar to Chucky Finster. But... Here's the thing, I I have my issues with Chucky. I feel like Macy is Chucky Finster fully realized. Like, I Uh. understand. I understand why she's afraid because she didn't have her parents around a lot because they're busy with their job and she pretty much had to raise herself. So she didn't know a lot about um, periods and the change of a woman's body and she didn't know about confronting basic fears that we would all know about. So um, the fact that Ginger and Dodie were there on her side and those triumphs that she had with Comeback Little Seal Girl and with... um, uh what you call it and with um um gym class confidential and family therapy you know those were like some of the best episodes of the series because we see Macy becoming a stronger character in fact i have to say that one of the things that i kind of wish season 3 had was a macy episode we never had a macy centric episode in season 3
1: yeah that's a bummer you're right we we, we kind of should have
0: <laughs> yeah that's true so that's uh, so yeah, absolutely, I would say my number three is Macy.
1: All right, my number three is hoodsy. Uh He is such a great character. He was my number five of all Nicktoons secondary characters. He's so funny, he's such a good supportive friend for Carl and we could all use a Hoodsy in our lives.
0: Yes, absolutely. He's loyal, he is uh, willing to do everything as long as you need help. He's there by your side, he's funny, and he's just an overall, um, you know, good-natured person. Uh, my number two is gonna have to be Ginger. Uh, when I was a teenager, when I was around Ginger's age, I was just like her. I loved to read and write. I was curious about, um, you know, what was gonna go on, in, uh, what was going on in this world. I, um, I've always, uh, had a good relationship with my parents, so I really resonated a lot with, um, with Ginger.
1: Yeah, uh that's an obvious and great choice. My number two is also Ginger. Uh you know, she the whole show is on her. If Ginger is a terrible character, the show doesn't work. I think we've said a ton about this character, but also underrated her at the same time. She's always there, she's always pushing the show forward, and she's very well written. Emily Kapnick clearly poured a lot of herself into this character in such a great way
0: okay and I'm sure a lot of you people already know this so I don't really need to say that too much so yeah my number one is Lois Lois is my favorite character in the series I love how strong and how um, amazing she is as a mom I love her uh, um, I love her humorous advice I love that the fact that she even has her own little arc of trying to date someone with uh, buzz and dr. Dave the fact that she loses way for the wedding the fact that you know she tries to be a better her mom, um, with, you know, giving up coffee because Ginger was addicted to coffee and trying to spend less time at work because, um, you know, her kids were going through a lot of things and, you know, those times where she and Carl were looking for a house and, um, when Ginger and, um, Lois were cleaning houses and then finally when the wedding was happening, just everything about Lois is fantastic. I, I absolutely love her.
1: Completely agreed, which is why she is my number one as well. Lorraine Newman absolutely nails it. The writing is so good. She's one of the most quotable characters on the show and is a great maternal figure for all of us.
0: Yes, absolutely so um okay the next thing we want to uh so yeah uh, my honorable mentions for uh favorite characters noelle sussman love Mm. noelle of course noelle is fantastic she's weird she's quirky she's amazing with her crazy telekinetic powers and her strange persona she's fantastic agreed and uh, I love Carl. Carl's a great character as well, very well-developed. Um started off as really mature with his schemes, but then grew up and slightly matured in season three. Fantastic. Um, let's see, other characters I want to mention. Uh, Courtney is also a good character too. I also really like Courtney. Um, let's see. Um, Hoodsy is uh, also great as well. He's also one of my honorable mentions. And um, and then finally, last but not least, uh, Darren.
1: Great. Yeah, all very interesting. My honorable mentions were Macy Courtney and Brandon Higsby. I think uh, he deserves a shout out, especially for, uh, for Gray Delisle's uh, amazing portrayal.
0: Yeah, and then, of course, we cannot forget about Dwayne.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I did forget about Dwayne. I Thank you for reminding me. Dwayne is uh, amazing.
0: Yes, Dwayne is amazing. So uh, next thing we want to do is we want to look back on all the people that we've interviewed on the podcast because we've interviewed a lot of people. They've all been fantastic. And we thank them so much for giving um, us their time to talk to them about a show that um, I'm sure meant a lot to them in their careers and to their personal lives in general. So... Um, yeah, it's been amazing uh, for this past year interviewing so many wonderful people.
1: It really has. Yeah. If any of you are listening to this, thank you again so much for being so generous with your time and informing us and our listeners of everything that uh, everything that you guys said to us.
0: Yeah, that definitely. So what would you say were the highlights of some of the people that we've interviewed?
1: Oh, man. Well, I I adore the Aspen interview. That one was so much fun to do. And really, everyone was great in their own way. Jackie's hilarious. hilarious. Melissa was really interesting. The storyboard artists, I just want to like go hang out with them now, especially the big group one that we did. Uh, Eric Casimiro was awesome. I wish I'd been able to interview him ex- uh, outside of our 10-person thing a few weeks ago. Uh, really, all of them were great in their own way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I loved Aspen and Jackie's as well. Aspen was really sweet and told us some really funny stories. Uh, Jackie was hilarious, told us some awesome stories. I also really loved um, when we had Jackie and Paul discussing about family therapy because they had such wonderful chemistry.
1: Yes, um,
0: Melissa was really fantastic. We learned a lot of interesting stories about her time working on Ginger. The storyboard artists were great as well. Um, discuss, uh, you know, Talking to both Mark Risley and Eric Casimiro, just getting a little behind-the-scenes stories on the show was also fantastic. Um, yeah, everybody that we've had on the show have been absolutely great. So, seriously, we cannot thank you enough for that.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: If you have anything else to say, I guess we can finally wrap things up.
1: I think we can, yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for coming along on us uh, for this journey. We have had such a great time reading your comments and interacting with you guys. And uh, I feel like I made new friends through this show. So it was great to, you know, sort of spread that internet friendship network. And uh, yeah, I hope I'll see you guys around Either on Patricia's channel or uh, we're putting FNN on YouTube now, so maybe some of you guys will be able to migrate over there. We'll see.
0: Yeah. So for the last time, um, you can follow me at Twitter at uh Patty underscore B underscore Miranda. Um, on Facebook, Facebook dot com slash Old School Lane. I have a YouTube channel, YouTube dot com slash PBM seven one seven. You can check out all of my stuff out at Old School Lane dot blogspot dot com. And yeah, I have um I have casual chats, I have um the Aaron Meta show, I have Pixmix, and uh, I have some upcoming videos, especially one that I've been wanting to do for a very long time, particularly with this show and in a negative way, so stay tuned for that. Oh wow. Yeah, I've been meaning to do this for a long time. But oh, this should be interesting. So yeah, um, Yeah, uh, so, Casey, uh, why don't you plug and promote for We're In Between for the last time?
1: Sure, yeah. Uh, Again, Friday Night Nicktoons Podcast, at FNN underscore podcast on Twitter. Uh, Find us on YouTube. So, uh, uh, we're also on Facebook, FNN Podcast, and that's really about it. I'd love to see you guys there. I'm more interested in you guys checking out the podcast than like me myself. My Twitter is Casey Robert Reed, but whatever you want to do there is fine. Uh, This has been really fun, guys. I think that's all we've got.
0: Yeah, so thank you so much for listening to We're In Between, everyone. We hope to see you around soon, and thank you for listening.